Howdy friends and welcome to the Full Disclosure Farming Podcast. I'm Erica. I'm a business school graduate turned farmer's wife. And I'm Joe. I'm a college dropout with a master's degree from the University of Hard Knocks. Together we run several successful farm and ag businesses. Let's get brutally honest about all the issues facing our generation of farmers and ranchers. Hello party people. We Um, are back. How's everybody doing? I'm uh Glad to be back on the podcast topics here. We've been very busy. Yeah, we've, we had to take a small harvest break, <laughs> not by choice, but we just have been away and busy. So we're recording this and it's going to come out in for less than 48 hours, which right. is fine. We're going to record too and get ourselves ahead a week because we're heading out of town again. So right. it's just been wild, but we're happy to be here to chat with y'all. You finished harvest mm. in the meantime here. Do you want to talk about that? or? Yeah, so we... Um... We fought for every inch of it. Had some 94-day corn, pioneer corn, that never dried down. It wouldn't come off the cob. I fought it with every inch of my life with my combine. We just, we fought it. Um, Had some 85-day Hubner corn, which is now Channel, that fought the pioneer corn pretty aggressively. Yeah, I would like to say for a six-day shorter hybrid, the 85-day Hubner, now Channel corn, competitively i would rather combine the hubner corn than the pioneer normally i have my concave setting at like 35 and on the pioneer corn i was down to 14 before i could get it down off the cob we stuck the grain buggy with a 18 and a half ton load on it but we finished and we're done and i'm not sure how all of it looks but we got done we're and done that's and we're it. looking it's done. forward combines washed buggies washed everything's washed it's still hunting the same deer my my wife is. I see some despair in her eyes. I think she's a little more disappointed than I am. Well, yeah, I've resorted to snarky jokes. Yeah. yeah. About how he doesn't want to hang out with me anymore. He got away one time, and I've. I feel like you need. Redemption. How many times have I ever missed a deer? I uh, nonsed. Nuns times. <laughs> okay, so nuns times I've missed a deer. And this fucker is the biggest deer I've ever had the opportunity to put a scope on or to put a bow sight on. And I missed him. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm still a little, little fucking hurt about that. But moving on. Yeah, so this, our topic for today. This topic is going to be called Don't Be Boomery. Speaking against or on things that boomer farmers do that annoy us as. Are we the boomed? Have we been boomed? We're, we're the boomed. <laughs> We've been boomered. We're the boomer. Yeah. Um, the boomers. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. We each kind of brought to the table a couple topics of like just what came to our mind first. Like if we were going to coach somebody who's of the boomer generation how just to be better for their family, these are the things that we would say. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Well, I think with with that being said, I think that we've, us who have been boomed, have uh, would never play the same boomer games that the boomers play. Yeah, these are our takeaways. This is, uh, I I believe that we we are in a brand new era, and I also think that we're better farmers than... than, Well, certainly, but these are, I guess, takeaways from dealing with them that we're like, fuck a bunch of that. Yep, yep, yep. So I guess also this would be, if we were writing letters to ourselves in 40 years, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. this would be valuable information. So go ahead, start with your... So my first one is, don't be antagonistic towards change. Change is scary. I get it. But you can't progress without change. You can't just do things the way you've always done them just because that's the way you've always done them. Like that's not 
a sustainable approach. Change requires energy, and that's a problem because the boomers are tired. But I don't know why. You don't know why they're tired? Because they're old. Honestly, like, it takes an energetic, fresh perspective to want to tackle change. Like, I can see that in my own self now compared to myself 10 years ago. My level of tired, my level of energy mm -hmm. that I just carry as a baseline mm -hmm. makes me more, like, eh, about making drastic changes. Would which, you agree with that? Yeah, in which hatred to the boomer perspective... We need to take into account that they're Yes, that's years. what I'm saying. That yeah. is part of the driving yeah. force as to why they're adverse to change is right. because they're tired. And it takes energy to really embrace and enforce change. But for me, when I am 55, I mean, whoever ends up with this farm, like, I feel like it is my responsibility as a human being to be like, I'm tired, you're not. Yeah. Go. Agreed. So it also requires the faith and like they're worn down from farming, like beating them up for decades, mm -hmm. literally. Yeah. Like, you know how beat up we feel half the time. They've just got three more decades worth of that. And mm -hmm. like their faith is a little bit tattered. What I want to say to the boomers is remember your younger self who had dreams and wanted to make changes on the farm with a new technology or different ideas and your old man was like we don't need to do that stupid you know whatever like you were probably in our shoes at one time where your old man didn't you know you came home from college or tech school and you had a new some new technology or some new approach that you wanted to enforce and you got laughed at because you read it out of a textbook and therefore it's automatically stupid right so I just want you to empathize. Let the next generation dream because that's how the industry experiences progress. She said old man like so much. I didn't say old lady. She said old man because I won't say old lady. Anymore. Well, I know, but I'm We're, saying like like a lot yeah. of farm people we talk to, they're like, oh, my fucking old man. Like yeah. that's just like a... And I would like to say that probably one of the most disgusting things of this whole thing is that since we started this podcast... The amount of people have reached out and text, TikTok, Snap yeah. message, yeah. Um, have just been like, dude, you, you, you guys are speaking to our life. Yeah, just our... they're in the same boat. So it's very clear that state. it's very clear it's a it's a this it's a monumental issue. Yeah. fucking issue. And so what had went down, you know, like this is the next point is stop dangling the carrot. So when I went to take over the or came back to the farm, it was. We're going to, and we, I don't think we've even talked about this, is we're going to get you started so that when you are in 10 years, you're going to have equity. So we had a, I guess he was a lawyer, succession guy, come from FSA. We did talk about it because we did the fucking stupid assholes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so moving on. So what I'm saying is, is that I heard my dad say to the public multiple times, if somebody just wanted it, I would give it to him. He said that? To other humans while you were around. You're upset now. I mean, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, that was back when I was, when the farm had just rolled over and shit was not good. And, you know, and, he, and, and it didn't look like any of us wanted it. I'm glad that we're not recording because my face right now. We are recording. <laughs> my, oh. Mouth is just hanging so, over. So, and I mean, the thing about it is, is like, and, I, and, and in my dad's defense is that it wasn't an option he well, could not have given this to oh us. no 
you know, I mean, the the, the debt was too much. There was no way. He but had much choice, yeah. Carrot be dangled. Yeah, but the generation before does the carrot dangling mm-hmm. in front of the donkey on the cart thing. So and so, it's I, like, oh, if you just you know keep going, and like there's a you know it's just like that whole cartoon. So this brings me a little bit to talk about what we're going to talk about in the next episode is the stop dangling a carrot. And unfortunately, I do this. I've already done it. Like to my nephew Stevie, like. This is yours someday if you want it. But on the same sense, like, he's going to have to pay for it. Like, it's not a given. Right. So, but I, you know, I did not expect when we did this that it was going to become the pay for it like it was the pay for it. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, You mean from your parents? Yeah. And I didn't think that once I'd worked all these years and proved myself to them, not unlike Levi and, and, and all the people... Have reached out to me. Yeah, um, Kyle is our dickhead daily. Kyle, Jake. I mean, there's, there's. I'm gonna guess forty people that have reached out to us across the continental United States have been like, "Whoa." Yeah. And I didn't think that when once I struggled, the whole way and proved that I was a fucking operator, I didn't think it would take me another seven additional years of brow busting beat my head against the wall to get the fucking thing bought. Right, because the illusion was with the dangled carrot right. was like, that was oh, the illusion. You, you know, you can, you know, once... This you, is yours. Yeah, it's yours once you're ready. Well, once you've proved that you can handle it for almost a decade mm-hmm. and it's somehow still not yours and you're not ready in their eyes, like, what? what is that? Well, so that's the whole thing. We proved. We had this thing signed, sealed, and delivered, right? And then I think that we scared them. That's what I really think. Like, all at once it was like, holy shit. Look what them two just did. And then it was like, holy shit, we're leaving money on the table. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Erica came in, I started the retail right, beef thing. Six which was Which, when I did it, was bullshit. 60 back then. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, the first year we did it, we did six. And then the second year, we you did like 13. And I mean, 13 times $2,500, I mean, it was like fucking, it was like, yeah. it was a substantial jump. Jump. And I mean, and all at once. And we just doubled it every year. And then we doubled it every year. And then it was like, holy fuck. And then on top of it, I was demanding results in the crop thing. Mm-hmm. And we went from a 20 bushel soybean APH and a 110 bushel corn APH to a 51 bushel APH and a 195 in two years in corn. And all at once it was like, holy shit. So then it was almost like cold feet, like wanting to Right. Like it was like, well, if we, if we hold on to this for four more years, right. there's money here, you know, yeah. and... And I don't know a lot of, of what the 30 other people that have messaged mm-hmm. me, but it all seems fairly sure relative, you know, I mean, track. on the yeah. same train track. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my second tidbit, the third tidbit is don't put off your legacy until it's too late. Talking about this feels like beating a dead fucking horse, but seriously, succession planning is like the most forgotten about thing and it's the most important part if you if you care at all about your family farm call a lawyer and a succession planner and get something on paper to ensure that your family farm can't exist without you because newsflash 
at some point, the world is going to exist without you. You should call our, our lawyer because he doesn't send bills. True that. Thanks, Steve. You literally did not send us bills. Literally, it's been like six years. Uh, what's funny to me is that farmers will get up in the middle of the night to check something that is incredibly irrelevant. But will not spend a fucking minute of their time to think about what happens. To think after about they what die. happens after they die, it's and insane. farmers have died shoveling a gutter out, and never took a minute to think. Yeah, it's insane. You know, I mean, to be honest, we're I, I'm I'm uh, at the ripe old age of twenty four, just kidding, thirty four, <laughs> um, and and so we we already have a whole plan enabled. If 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 I die. I don't want to talk about if you die, but I mean, the world knows, we know what we each want. Yeah. These fucking boomers are like 65. And they somehow think they're going to die. Foot on one foot in the grave, the other one on a banana peel, and they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's wild. So creating a succession plan is basically creating an insurance policy for your family farm or for your family. You're going to insure your car, you insure your house, you insure your own self. Like your actual human self and your farm and its structures and its equipment, but you won't insure the legacy. And like that's just baloney. If you care at all about what happens to your place when you're gone, like what are you waiting for? Like we're 34 and I would sign a succession plan tomorrow if... If, if I the right there, thing was there, yeah, yeah. Like literally, like I don't need, I don't know if it's about the glory of like, I've been in charge of this for 30 years. Like, literally, we've been at this for, what, two and a half years, and I'm already proud of, like, what we've done. Yeah. And I would sign a succession plan literally any time just to know that the hard work I've put in has a future. This is the devil's advocate thing. Yeah, I do it. I don't know if in 30 years when I got this fucker ticking like a clock and Jay comes in and tells me he wants to start raising Santa Gratutis <laughs> fucking grass-fed, yeah. you know, and I'm just going to be I'm like, get fucked, boy, yeah. you know, and but, like, maybe my ideas were just as fucked up as, as what I just, your dad is that you know, and so they farmed in a time where more meant more, always. You milked more cows, you made more money. You had more land, you made more money. You had more, you had more. As more made, meant more. We do not farm in that same time. No. There's more time. does not mean more. And our biggest problem with our farm today is we're, we're too big to be small and too small to be big. But my point is with that is that they lived in a time that was not was a fucking thing. It was just more. Bigger. Bigger, better. Yeah. But they also lived in a time where you could buy land for $200 an acre, and in five years, it was worth $900 an acre. And in 10 years, it was worth $1,800 an acre. And you could borrow money against that land True. That, was, that was appreciating every single fucking day. So it is a different time. And we have to realize as... The, what generation are we? I think we're... I think we're millennials, aren't we? Early millennials. Early millennials. Because, yeah, because Zach Johnson... Yeah, we're older millennials. We have to realize that we're going to farm this out, and then in 10 years, or 20, or 30, it's going to be a different time, and we have to take our child's outlook into perspective. Well, that's the thing. Like, I honestly, like, don't care what anyone does with it after it's not my responsibility anymore. I disagree. 
Like, if he wants to change something and it serves him, then change it. Here, here, Here's the difference. I proved what I was going to do was going to work. My dad did not believe the things I said were going to work were going to work. It didn't matter whether it worked or not. If he didn't like it, it didn't work. True. That's true. That's super boomery. For me, it's like, all right, you're going to do this, do it. Right, if you can prove it, then prove it, it's do not it. up for debate. Yeah. So this is your tidbit, the golden goose. They think that they're handing you oh, this yeah. million-dollar, fully yeah. functioning golden goose that you're just right. so lucky to receive. And right, it's like, so the whole time that I was in the, call it the vice president chair, it was this place won't make no money. Like we're we're broke. We're not. We we can't make ends meet. We need. We and I'm fucking speaking to people like you fuckers right now. I guarantee there's. You're being there's, told the same thing. I guarantee there's forty of you listen to this shit on your radio that are feeling the same shit. And like my mom would be like, we're we're not taking anything from the farm right now. We're just trying to survive and all this bullshit, you know, and whatever. And then all at once it's like, well, I want to buy it if it if it's so. Not profitable. I want to buy right, it right let now. Me take like, it off let your me hands. let me take it off your hands. And then all at once it was like, wow, we own all these acres and we own all the shit and you know and all the equipment. And you know how much money that's all yeah, worth. Yeah, it was all like ho hum drum sad no money right, ever and, until you want to buy it and then it's worth so a right. And so then you know here a month ago I got told like, wow, we're really struggling now that we don't have the farm income. The whole time we farmed, you told me you never took an ounce of money off the farm, so now you're struggling. I like, think the word was a penny. I've never taken a penny. Right, I've never taken a penny from the farm, and then all at once, they're like, well, now we're really struggling because we don't have the farm income, and it's like, but I thought you never took a right, penny. Ironic. So this golden goose dangle that happened for so long, and then it was like, all at once we came into this time where we're going to buy it, and it was like, wow, wait a minute. This is worth money. You owe us money. Right. And it was like, holy fucking bananas. So. Okay, so my last one is don't take advantage of your uh, farm and treat it like a business, which kind of leads right from mm-hmm. what he was just saying. Like, it should make money. Some parts more than others, of course, like with any business, especially if you're diversifying, which you should be doing. But just because you've always done it some way doesn't mean you need to keep doing it that way. Perhaps you need to pivot in a new direction to try and make money. And treating your farm like a free-for-all and just take, 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 take versus treating it like a business are going to lead you in two very different directions. For my entire life of when I question things, starting at about... 22 years old I started questioning how the fuck do we work this hard and not have any money and I'd be like well why don't we formulate a budget that was me I was like in college and I'm like right. let's make a budget that's when you just that's when you got hated right because you can't budget in agriculture right I and, I, and I, I, I I think the exact response was budgets don't work in agriculture from the top of their lungs they yelled you cannot have a budget if you're a farmer and I'm like, but why? Like, why Why can't you? Why like, can't you at least try? Why? But but not even, fuck that. Not even at least try. Like, God damn it! you know what everything costs. Like, wh- why can't you have a budget? And granted, I've learned a lot about 
how how budgets don't go to plan. How 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 budgets in agriculture are maybe not. It's not black and white. It's not black and white. What I can tell you is I know what I spend and I know what I make and I I it the numbers this year weren't great or might I don't know you don't have them all yet so don't you need to have at least a fucking starting point. I would think. You know, and don't you need to actually have a, a half a fucking clue what you're going to spend? With all of that, like, we we fought with the whole budget thing, and that's where you ended up getting hated because you were some college bitch, and, you know, you thought... Right, you I didn't know the real world. I only knew textbook. Right, and so, so we so we struggled with that, and then, lo and behold, we took over the farm, and we're like, all right, we're going to do this, this, and this, and I mean... We've not had these windfall years of just sheer fucking money just everywhere. No but bumper crops. That hurts. No offense. But we're getting, for, for, for two people that have owned a company for three years. Yeah, it's progress. It's progress. It's nice I mean, progress. we definitely have not went backwards. No. But for three years owning a business since we were 30, if you will, like, I feel like we've made some pretty fucking ginormous improvements I and done so, very yeah. well. And... Still to this day, when we make money, what happens? Not cheering. Not cheering, and well, if you, if I need a little more. You know how many times has it been like, wow, you, I see you made money there. You know, right? Yeah. That's I the guess. fucked up part. That's the boomery. That's the I, yeah. With the treating it like a business thing, like I wanted to their version of not taking any money from the farm was all their fuel. Their mortgage, their insurance, their truck payments. Yeah, they had everything. They didn't have jobs anywhere else, which means they weren't getting money from anywhere else, which means the farm paid for their home. Travel for their campground, everything. tractors for the campground, parts for the campground that they own. Um, everything, literally. Uh, Ten acres for their vegetable garden, seed for the vegetable garden, fertilizer for the vegetable garden, spray for the vegetable garden. Which all adds up to nothing. Right. Apparently. Right, and I mean, I know that a lot of the farmers that have messaged me, you know, my age farmers, have said the same thing. Like, well, they got a side business, and they're, like, doing really well. That side business doesn't have expenses, so it looks really fucking good. Of course it does, right. Well, and that's the thing, like, the farm pays for all of that stuff for us. We don't work anywhere else and take income from anywhere else. You would not ever hear me say... Mm -hmm. I don't get anything from this farm. No, I don't get a weekly paycheck, nor do I just end up with cash in my pockets, mm -hmm. but it still covers all my But things. if you need something, you're good. Exactly. I think a lot of business owners in any industry will relate to this because it's like, okay, I have $400 on my desk. Am I going to give it to you? Or am I going to pay the bill that's been sitting on my desk for mm -hmm. 28 days and it's due in two? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, mm -hmm. that's the boat you find yourself in trying to make decisions where you're like, eh, like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. and, it, and everyone can kind of relate to that. And it's just like a juggling act of trying to keep well, everyone and all the things happy. In, in a success standpoint, I'd rather you pay the bill. Right, but it's still annoying. It's still no annoying. Money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'd rather... I'd rather you text me and be like, I just paid this bill. And I'd be like, good. You know, young farmers, how many times have we done it? Done the sacrifice thing. Like, one of the most hurtful struggle things that got said to me just not too long ago was, 
we were talking about down at my parents and we were talking about this, that, and the other thing. We were talking about sweat equity and how, you know, and, and they don't want to hear about it. Like They don't believe it's a thing. You know, like, well, sweat equity. Well, it's like, well, what about all the hours that I didn't get paid? It didn't mean shit. And that was probably the most hurtful thing, I got to say. Out of the whole transaction. Out of the whole transaction is so when things got tight at the farm, I was the first person to be like, to jump up and be I'll be that. like, I, I don't need a paycheck this week. Fuck, I got, I'm all right. I got money. I was living at home or living at, in my own rat hole house and, you know, whatever. It was fine. I was fine. But I thought that that would have computed. Into some kind of value down the road. Yeah. It, I thought that definition. that was, by definition, yeah. it was going to be like, all right, well, so my theory on it was I worked for 10 years for this farm. I have a skill yeah. that could be worth a lot of money. I know what other people make with the same skills. Or what you were offered. Yeah. All right. So fuck it. 125 grand a year. 10 years is 1.25 million fucking dollars. And I could have made that money somewhere else. And I didn't. Chose to stick it out for $475 every other week. So, yeah, for the greater good of the legacy. And then when the greater good of the legacy came up and had a purchase price, it was... There was no deductions for There the was no, like, you you know, because animosity. So don't be boomery. Yeah. Dickhead Daily segment comes to us from Iowa. It says, I'm 36 and I have amassed my own operation. I have 3,500 head of fat cattle... On feet Stop. at a time. That is fucking impressive. Who is it from? Iowa. Kyle. Kyle, I'm going to stop right here. You did this on your own, bud? 35 fucking hundred head of fat cattle? Seriously. Break your arm. No, you can't because you're going to have to work. I don't know what you have to do. Go to the bar and pay somebody. Or I will meet you in Iowa to pat your ass on the back. Like, <laughs> dude, I am beyond proud of you. Yeah. Thirty-five hundred head in Iowa, and I bet you got some big bucks on your property. Oh my! Hit me up, bull. <laughs> uh, but no, but like seriously. So I'm thirty-six. I've amassed my own operation. I have thirty-five hundred head of fat cattle on feed at a time. I, I farm eight hundred acres on my own, but I am quote still not ready to take over my dad's, who is sixty-five and disabled after an accident. Kyle, I want you to reach out to me. Because I want to know if in Iowa, you that 800 acres goes to feed your 3,500 head. I want to know more about your operation because, honestly, all of that is really impressive to me. And, and unfortunately, yeah, I feel you, bud. Your old man's a dickhead. Yeah. Kyle, you fucking probably never heard this before. I'm proud of you, bro. We're proud. Like I'm, well, I'm real proud of you. And let me know if you want me to come out and you know hunt with you or something. Right. Just kidding. So our last segment is really. the this or that get to know us. So here it is: dream job or dream salary. Oh, job! Fuck the money. The money's bullshit. Yeah. Do you want to know what my dream job is? Yeah. Do they know? I don't mm-hmm. think I've talked about it. I think we did maybe briefly. I'm gonna be a fucking shrimp boat captain. All right. Um, and I don't know why. I've never shrimped a shrimp. I've never caught a shrimp. I just, it seems warm and and I... It seems warm. And uh, so me and my sister had this conversation. About the job or the salary? The the dream job or salary. She was offered to come in and talk to a farmer about About a job. job. And she said to me, she said, Joey, what, what is that number? She's not interested in the job. Right, yeah. She was like, what is the number where it's... 
Like, where it doesn't she, matter if you're interested yeah. or not. I think ultimately I would pick dream job just because yeah. of happiness, but I just want What is your dream job? I don't know. Just loving me. I'd float around like a butterfly and do a million different things. We know. Yeah. Uh, I kind of love my dream job, I feel like. When you yell at me when we're sorting cattle. Oh, need to, you can't just say shit like that and not explain. Here at the Yankee Beef, we have sorted the same group of cattle four times. Four times now, this, because the gate's gotten left this open. This ten days. Not by him or I. Right, and so... A little over it. Well, and last time I sorted most of them by myself. Almost all of them. And then this time we were trying to do it together right off the bat and you bobbed and I waved. And this is a product of the environment of harvest and not having seen each other. Like, mm -hmm. we're not even, this should be like a podcast, another episode's deal. But like, we haven't even gotten over the slump yet mm -hmm. of like harvest, me feeling like, who are you, stranger in my house? It takes a couple of days to like reacclimate, right? And then, and then I, we're like back in love again, but like we're we're still acclimating right now, right? And then I get home and I'm like, I'm gonna go hunting. That's not helping because I need to get the fuck away from life, right? So we're still in like a weird stage where we're like not on the same page. So, so working cattle probably wasn't a great idea. I think that's all, party that's people. That's it. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah. Have a good night. Bye.